We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcasts. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And today we are back with some uh, a quick recap of the week that was at the Memorial. And then we are going to do a couple of things to look ahead to the 3M Open and uh, also touch on one of the game theory pieces 
Uh, that's posted at Rotoviz over the past couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you've been following along so far this year, uh, with the cash locks, we, we've hit a little bit of a rough patch here, unfortunately. Um, overall, it, the numbers have been, have been a little bit, uh, lower than last year, but for the most part, uh, we're, we're pretty much uh, humming along for the entire season. So we've hit two winners um, out of the 16 events. We've had four top fives, seven top tens, 18 uh, top 25s, and 24 out of the 28 uh, potential uh, cut makers have made the cut. So just uh, just a shade above 85%, um, which obviously we we would prefer that number uh, above 90, but, uh, I guess two weeks ago and the, the week before last, we, uh, we went one for one, uh, one for two. So, um, that, that dropped our, dropped our percentages down a little bit, but, um, you know, if, if you followed, if you followed along in, uh, with PGA DFS for, uh, any amount of time, you know, that the, uh, the carnage can, can come grab you. Uh, just about whenever it feels like. So, um, as far as this week goes, we, uh, it it was, it was almost like a a flip happened with the cash locks, uh, after, after the first, uh, the first day I, I was feeling, you know, halfway decent about, uh, both of them. And then we went through the rest of the week and it was kind of like, uh, you know, the, the course toughened up obviously over the weekend we had, um, just a, just a very, a very weird week overall. So if, uh, if you weren't following along last week, uh, we, we rolled with Abraham answer at 8,500 and Patrick Reed at 8,400 for the cash locks. Um, the, it looked like it was just going to be a complete disaster overall. Um, like Patrick Reed literally couldn't, could not do anything right. I was, I was, uh, texting back and forth with Hassan, Hassan who writes over at Rotovis too. And, um, just, just constant, constant tilt. Um, you know, he looked fine on Thursday. Then he comes out on Friday and shoots a 76, um, to be, you know, just, just basically barely make the cut and then, um, go 70, 71 on the weekend, which typically wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be something that we are too happy with, but that was actually kind of a, a decent outcome as far as the weekend went, because, um, if you notice, I, I don't know, uh, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I cannot imagine there were many, uh, many golfers that were more than one or two under uh, on on Sunday. Uh, Fitzpatrick got there. Xander Shoffley got there. And Carl Peterson, obviously, Carl Peterson uh, got there as well. So uh, three guys out of the um, out of all the guys that made the cut managed to shoot a two under or better on Sunday. So obviously, a lot of carnage to be had. Um, answer finished T 58. Um, 
you know, he looked he looked halfway decent through the the first three rounds. Came out on Sunday, shot a seventy nine. Never uh, never got anything. Never really got anything going on Sunday. I think he. I'm just pulling it up now. So he did. He birdied the first two holes. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, maybe we were in business. Then he goes on to uh, par the next four. Then he goes bogey, 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 double, double um, over the next five holes. So he went from went from two under to five over uh, rather quickly. And he was just shot after that. Uh, went two over the rest of the way. Ended up just barely breaking 80. Um not not exactly what you are looking for from uh, from anybody that you roster, and definitely definitely unfortunate that it came from uh, cash lock. So he wound up t fifty eight uh, and with forty four DraftKings points. Not not our best, um, and I kind of got sidetracked there. But Reed actually was playing pretty well on Sunday. Um, he almost looked like he could end up finishing like second or third, depending on uh, how everybody else sort of shook out. Uh, he was four under when, or I'm sorry, five under when the weather delay hit and uh, came back from that weather delay, went bogey double, bogey uh, to finish with a 71, which, um, you know, theoretically, is was totally fine on Sunday compared to what a lot of golfers uh, were putting up, but the the entire um, that stretch just pulled him completely out of it. Like even if he, you know, goes two one or two over instead, um, we're looking at like a top six finish. Uh, so that would have been nice. But he ended up with a top ten. So I can't really complain too, too much. Um, finished with 73 and a half DraftKings points, which again, for for a week with uh, so much carnage, I think was was a pretty decent outcome, uh, especially after uh, he shot that 76 on Friday, uh, just barely made the cut and felt like maybe he could just he could just eject from there and uh, and not really not really care much about the weekend. But he he pulled it. He pulled out, you know, some some extra birdies for us, some extra points, which is always nice. Um, moving on with the lineup, uh, I had Jason Kokrak in there uh, as sort of my my super low owned uh, punt play, and he withdrew after the first round. Uh, scored <laughs> scored six and a half DraftKings points, which is not. Again, not exactly uh, the the outcome that we were searching for. Uh, so pretty much after Thursday, I knew that this lineup was dead in the water. So I didn't I didn't like fully I didn't fully appreciate or engage in the tilt that should have come with uh, with the rest of this lineup. So at the top for my my two most expensive plays of the week, uh, Dustin Johnson. I talked about him. Uh, a bit in the article, a bit in the uh, in the show with Evan last week. He was at ten thousand three hundred. It appeared that his ownership was going to be pretty low, and those are the guys 
you know, per the game theory stuff that I've been working on that we want to be targeting because the, uh, you know, that, that the range of outcomes for golfers in the 9,500 and up range really, um, really don't call for anybody to be super low owned unless there's, unless there's a real, uh, you know, news reason for it. Um, you know, an injury thing, uh, where they're trying to tee it up anyway and, and just see what happens. Things like that obviously need to be factored in. So you need to, you need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But, um, there was nothing like that with Dustin Johnson. In fact, the last time that we saw him, he won, uh, he won the tournament. So you would, you would think that a guy who basically was at the, at the same, uh, same price range coming off of a win and being low owned seemed a little bit odd to me. And he promptly went out and, uh, didn't break 80 on Thursday or Friday. So, uh, he shot exactly 80 both days, finished tied for 126. And, um, you know, he got, he got that cool lefty shot, uh, which, you know, really, really helped out, <laughs> helped everybody out, uh, with their lineups, but 16 and a half DraftKings points, just, just brutal, um, to, to pay that much for somebody and get the miscut, uh, is is obviously uh, a worst case worst case scenario even without the cold crack withdraw um you know the the lineup is automatically hamstrung um when that when that sort of thing happens and then not to mention on top of that fact i also rostered webb who who was at 9600 um also low-ish owned right lower owned than um than he probably should have been and he went out and shot uh, 70, went 76, 74, only scored 24 and a half DraftKings points, missed the cut, uh, barely finished inside the top 100. Um, which, you know, again, not uh, either one of those outcomes between DJ and Webb would have been pretty terrible, uh, you know, alone on their own, but to to get that, uh, that combo in there at such low ownership at such a high price to then have them both miss the cut uh, was definitely, definitely a little frustrating. But again, Kokrak saved me from that tilt. Cause I didn't even, I didn't even look at this lineup again after he withdrew. Cause you just knew uh, obviously, you know, when, what, if you're already starting off with a five of six best case scenario, uh, you're certainly not going to win. Um, win much money at all and definitely not in you know a 75 75 person field with only a couple of a uh, couple of places with uh, that are actually going to cash you're just not gonna you're not gonna see any uh any good outcomes from that um and then rounding out the lineup was henrik norlander he was uh just stupid criminally underpriced from DraftKings. i know that that's a shocking revelation uh, that DraftKings could make a mistake like that, but um, the, these kind of these kinds of guys, if they're sixty three hundred and they're projected for any ownership at all, um, they're typically excellent bets. I didn't even bother writing up 
uh, a game theory piece for got the guys that are under 6,500. Cause they're just, it's so rare that any of them see any ownership to begin with. Um, but when they, when they actually do see ownership, it's, it's almost always worthwhile to, to eat that chalk when they're that cheap and that owned. Um, it, there, there are very few instances of guys who hit, you know, even 3% ownership in this range. But when you, when you're talking about a guy who's going to see like six to 10% ownership in some, in some contests, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like really a, a well-kept secret that he, that he was a good, uh, you know, a quote unquote sleeper or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, I think those guys are automatic. I'm sure there's a ton of people that disagree with me on that and think that, um, you know, maybe the, maybe the price is there for a reason or whatever, but, uh, I trust the community to identify, uh, a golfer that is that underpriced, um, for me, even if I didn't, even if I didn't realize it myself. So, he ended up finished uh, finishing tied for sixth, mostly on the strength of his Friday uh, 66. He went, um, yeah, he he ended up finishing with 76 and a half DraftKings points, which again was a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid output considering the scoring conditions. Um, so yeah, Norlander uh, was was for sure uh, in play last week. He was in play the week before. Um, it remains it remains to be seen uh, whether or not he is in play uh, this week because of the price jump. I, I'll have to go back and look. Uh, I don't I don't know that there are many instances, even maybe outside of like you know going from uh, like going into the Puerto Rico Open or some like weird. Uh, some weird event like that. I don't know that there are many people that have gone from 6,300 one week to 8,600 the the following week, regardless of um, regardless of field strength, regardless of how they've played. I mean, we we saw last week. We talked about it. There were winners uh, that the winners that we have in the database typically only see like a, a 500 to like maybe an uh, 1100 1200 price increase. So to see over $2000 jump in price is is exceedingly rare. So uh definitely definitely something to think about um and we'll we'll talk about that more on the show with Evan tomorrow. Um once we uh once we parse through some of that uh, before I jump into the rest of the show, I just want to remind you guys about Bet Online. They're our presenting sponsor. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, the PGA tournament, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or you can check out the Sims that they have running to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Okay. So we're uh we're running running a little bit long uh on the on the show. 
So I think we are going to just jump right in to uh, some of the lessons from the optimizer that we are seeing so far. Uh, I don't I, I don't have any ownership projections or anything yet. So these are all just uh, just based on the model itself. But um, we can we can pull this up here and we can take a look. So I wrote this article. Uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was the week Bryson won, um, just going through a few of the different things, uh, a few of the different ways that I use the the optimizer. Um, the first thing that I always do is just open it up, set it to run 100 lineups, and put the max, excuse me, put the max exposures at 50%. So there, it, it's, you know, impossible for the optimizer to put them in more than half the lineups. Um, what you're what you're looking at here, if you are following along in the stream, you are seeing the golfers uh, that the optimizer wants us to have at least twenty percent ownership, uh, or you know twenty percent exposure to, uh, based on that particular build. So you have uh, actually a bunch of golfers that that ended up with fifty percent. You have Fleetwood. Uh, Will Gordon, Brendan Todd, Cameron Tringali, Harris English, Matthew Neesmith, and Bon Taylor, Paul Casey, and Tony Fino. That's obviously, um, if you did that, if you did that with with 100 lineups or 150 lineups and put 50% on all of those guys, um, you know, I'm I'm about as aggressive as they come when it's uh, when it comes to 150 lineup builds with my exposures and even that would be uh <clears throat> would be pretty absurd to go that heavy on that many golfers uh in the same pool so um the the other two guys that make the list are bryce garnett and max homa uh i think that the the will gordon thing is a um a function of the small sample that we have on him in the in the power ranking model right now, I'm pulling it up. Um, yeah, should have had that up before. But uh, in the in the actual power ranking scores right now, he comes in as fifth. Um, but obviously, he's a guy that we have not seen that we have not seen a ton from. Uh, we don't. I, I don't even think we're up to fifty rounds. Uh, on him in the model. So I would certainly take that with a grain of salt. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, that he is the guy that I'm for sure locking in at this moment. Um, but it, this is always a cool way to see uh, who the optimizer really likes. Like the that that whole group uh, with, that's locked in at 50%, uh, the optimizer and the power ranking models obviously obviously really like. So uh, those guys are definitely going to be in my pool somehow. Uh, Harris English, I feel um, I feel pretty strongly about finding a way to get exposure to this week. Um, and obviously like Fleetwood returning is a whole nother conversation, uh, which we'll have on the show with Evan tomorrow. But um, yeah, Har Harris English is definitely a guy who I feel like I want to um, 
I probably want to be prioritizing this week. He's $9,000. Um, he's been in the top 20 each of the past two weeks. And um, yeah, he's shown some upside this year, right? He had a, he had a top 10 back in March uh, before we, before we shut down for a little bit there. So um, he's been playing, he's been playing solid golf this year for the most part. Uh, and obviously in this field, I think that I think there's definitely a case uh, a case to be made for him. So if we uh, if we switch the the second and final run that I did with the optimizer was going through and saying, um, all right, so let's let's lock in the top two power ranking scores in uh, in the optimizer and just you know, just see what it, see what it spits out. So, um, if you are, if you don't have it in front of you right now, or you're not watching, you're not watching the stream, uh, Tommy Fleetwood has the highest score. He's the one with the hundred this week. Um, and then next would be Tony Fino. Now, because of price and because of his score, in the power ranking, uh, the optimizer actually put in a hundred percent Will Gordon as well. Again, that's not to say that's not to say that that's something that we're actually going to be doing this week. Um, but the if you're using the optimizer over at Rotoviz, uh, just just beware that a seventy seven hundred dollar golfer with um, with over a 92 power ranking score is just, they're just always going to be, uh, the optimizer is just always going to be finding a way to try and get them into the lineup. So um, if you don't want a lot of exposure to Will Gordon, which it's, you know, that that part's up to you. Uh, If you don't, I would suggest limiting the exposure uh, pretty heavily because the optimizer is going to max it out. Like there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that if you're building, uh, you know, you're building 10 lineups and you put that you only want 20% Will Gordon, you're for sure getting 20% of Will Gordon from the optimizer this week. Um, going through the rest of the list, we see some some names that we saw on the first run. We see uh, Neesmith and Tringali. Um, Kokrak, since I, since I did this, Kokrak withdrew. Um, so we will, we'll ignore him. Um, but Chase Seifert actually is interesting. So the, the optimizer only wants him in about 11% of the lineups this week. Uh, and I think that that's, I think that's, that's perfectly fair. He's, he's been a little bit all over the place, uh, which shouldn't really shock you because he, I mean, he's, he's pretty, uh, He's pretty much done that the entire time that he's been on the PGA Tour. Um, but he does seem to be playing well right now. He finished fourth last week, uh, two weeks ago, rather, at the Workday Charity Open. This is obviously a much weaker field. There's a few guys at the top that, you, that you're probably uh, a little bit scared of. But outside of that, I mean, you can, you can go on a little streak and, uh, and pass a lot of the, the, the scrubs in this field. So... Uh, I think that I think you could do a lot worse than Chase Seifert. Um, 
and yeah, we'll we'll go through and and talk about a lot more of these guys on the on the show tomorrow with Evan. Uh, I was, I, I guess I'll save I'll save the um, the game theory piece and discussion for next week. Um, but essentially, uh, like I said before, I guess we dove into it a little bit. But like I said before, if you're talking about golfers that are below. 6,500. So the absolute cheapest guys, basically, if they're, if they're projected to have any sort of ownership above like three or 4%, um, historically those bets have worked out. Those golfers have, have returned value, um, and managed to, uh, you know, managed to pay off. Obviously there's always going to be a ton of, um, a ton of variance with those guys, but I think that you, uh, you likely have a, a pretty reasonable ceiling for, uh, for a guy that's like 6,300 and, and five or 6% on like Norlander. Um, and I think, I think that that's, I think that's fine playing that way. I think you, you eat that chalk and you make some, some different decisions elsewhere. So, um, that's what, that's what's happened historically. Again, the normal caveats that it, it doesn't mean that it's going to work every single week. Um, but I think that a lot of the stuff that we do here at Rotoviz is, is structured around the idea that if you continually make better decisions within these small edges that we might find, um, you'll be profitable over the long term. whether it's the best ball win rate stuff that a lot of the, that the guys are doing, uh, on the NFL side right now, or whether it's the game theory stuff. I think it's super important that you make, um, you make those decisions consistently so that you can see, um, you know, over time that they actually, that they actually work. So, uh, hopefully that makes sense. Again, we will be back. Uh, we'll be streaming live, uh, right around seven 30 tomorrow. And uh, if you miss it, you can obviously find us over at Rotoviz Radio. If you are su- are not are not subscribed to our feed already, please do so. The Bogey Free feed. Uh, if you want to drop us uh, a rating review, a little five star action, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So, uh, good luck with the beginning of your research, and we will talk tomorrow. See you. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast. Golden goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Oh, it tweets it automatically. It Look at that. There we go. All right. That was perfect.
I can see I can see the mention. I'm I'm, I'm looking at myself. It's Look at this. It's great. Good. I'm gonna have to cut all this out when we. Uh... All right, I'll do like the real. I'll do like the real beginning. Just we'll do like three seconds of nothing, and then we'll... <laughs> we're just like little children right now. <laughs> That's fun. Great viewing. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I tried. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.